We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. Today, we're talking about a highly requested topic. We're talking about how to create conversation about your book. And this is something that we, that Kate and I have briefly touched on in past episodes. And we got a lot of requests from you guys saying that you'd like to see a whole episode dedicated to this, to creating conversation, creating hype, whatever you want to call it, around your book as you publish it or even before you publish it because as I like to say it's never too early to start talking about your book talking about your works in progress getting people excited about what you're creating and what you are planning to share with the world so that's what this episode is going to be about I'm going to dig deeper into some of the strategies that I have personally used in the past that I've found very successful these are things that at the time I didn't really know what I was doing I was kind of stumbling upon these things and through trial and error I found a method that really worked because it had a science behind it and I'm going to talk about that science in this episode Kate and I are both going to share our respective publishing journeys in the topic of creating hype around what you produce. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, we have to thank our sponsors who are you guys. You're the ones who support this show and keep it going. And we so appreciate that. We appreciate you so much. So if you get value out of this podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show and help us keep this show alive and free of interruptions. Okay, so Let's dive right in. Yeah. Um, we've talked about indie publishing a lot on this podcast, and it's a huge topic to explore. So that's why we have, in each episode, kind of explored a new area, a, a, another step along the journey right and um it's very multifaceted there's a lot to it. yes <laughs> and even if it. you're not indie publishing even right. if you're traditional publishing or hybrid publishing no matter what avenue you choose in the end everything we talk about in this episode and on most of our episodes is going to be applicable to you because like kate and i have talked about the publishing world has changed to the point where it's no longer a a dreamy process of sending your manuscript off to some publishing house that will do everything for you, including the promotion, including making this a shining, glimmering su success that hits the bestseller list. All of that is pretty much on you. Like the, the publishing company will probably do some things, but they are going to want you to bring customers. They're gonna want you to bring your reader fan base and you are automatically more desirable if you have a bigger fan base to publishers like that's right. just that's kind of the unglamorous truth about about traditional publishing at this point so as kate and i have both experienced indie publishing is a incredible opportunity to create basically your own publishing house you're basically creating your own imprint when you publish your own books and that means you can create just as much of a base as a traditional publisher 
Yes, mm-hmm. it is It is possible. And you don't need to break the bank in order to make this happen. Okay, so in this video or in this podcast, rather, <laughs> we are going to be talking about a lot of free ways that you can organically create conversation about your book. And I love to use this term of creating conversation because... First of all, it sounds nicer than promoting. Mm. A lot of a lot of authors don't like promotion or self-promotion. Right. It's not comfortable for a lot of people, and I can understand why. And for a long time I was uncomfortable self doing self-promo. But I think it's something that once you reframe it in your mind, it's so much easier to do. Yeah. And by reframing it, I mean being excited about your own work and sharing that excitement with others right. because you know that they are going to love it. Exactly. And having that confidence. Rather than thinking of it as I'm advertising this to someone to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, people are going to buy it and that's a good thing because otherwise you won't be able to do this sustainably. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So exactly. um, the thing is, is that if you can't make money off of writing you won't be able to do it into the future so money and making money and um making a profit off of your work should not be looked at in this um sort of stigma of oh i feel funny advertising this and you know asking people to go buy it like if you're almost ashamed of it there's nothing wrong with like think of reverse the roles like some artist you really like, whether it's a singer or a painter or an author, if you see them like post something about something they made and, you know, encouraging people to go check it out, go buy it. Are you ever like, they're just trying to suck money out of my wallet. How dare they? (laughs) You're never never thinking that. You're excited. You're stoked to see what the next thing they've made is. And so you have to see that your fans and your followers, your readers, they're stoked to see what you're going to give to the world. Yeah. They want to support you. It's an experience you're sharing. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the example that popped into my head is going to see a play on, or a, sh- a show or a musical or something like that. Right. And you have to obviously buy tickets to get in <laughs> to see this. And the people who are performing the show love it. They are doing it because that's probably their dream job. But they also have to get paid in order to have that as their dream job. Exactly. It's not a hobby. It's a job. So you never feel that you are being... Robbed. Know, robbed, <laughs> robbed in order to go see this show. Like, oh, I should be able to see this for free. No, yeah, and when you, you should, see, it's when an you experience. see advertising for it, you're not like yeah. they're trying to hoodwink me into wasting my money. Right. It's an experience, and it's something that it will be a beautiful experience for you to participate in. Exactly, and that is obviously that you can't even quantify what your creativity is worth but you should look at it as it's it's valuable okay that's my point here it's valuable it has value so never feel bad like promoting your your uh your work but all of that aside the the first thing to me is to figuring out is like as far as technical aspects of publishing figure out your publishing timeline and that's a whole separate topic in and of itself. But once you figure out your timeline, you'll be able to kind of reverse engineer your timeline and figure out when to start talking about your book and how how much to be talking about it, how much to be sharing about it, um, when you can start 
letting people read it, when you can start creating an ARC team. And all of those things come into play with your publishing timeline. So for instance, if you plan on publishing three months from now and you think you can realistically pull that off, then now is a good time to start putting together your ARC team. If you want to give yourself more time and you are not as far along in the process, then you, let's say you have like a 10-month timeline or a year-long timeline. It's still good to be talking about your book and finding creative ways to share about it without necessarily revealing too much because you obviously don't want to reveal like a ton about the plot or the story itself, but you want to create conversation. So right. that that element of creating conversation is really what builds hype because how I look at it is if you follow a certain number of people on social media or whatever and they're readers and you like seeing what they read, you like reading about their opinions on what books they read, what books they like and didn't like, those people are going to have way more influence over what you read than a magazine or the New York Times or... Um, you know, Kirkus Reviews. Like when I see somebody has a Kirkus <laughs> Review, that is. Kirkus Reviews, I, I have mixed emotions about it, but I know that you can basically buy a Kirkus Review if you want to. <laughs> so that doesn't carry a lot of weight for me. You know, if I see, right. oh, Kirkus Reviews said this and about also, this book. And also, I think a lot of like, it depends on also the who your who your book is for because a lot of like, if you're in the YA genre, a lot of these, a lot of young adults don't know what these things are. You know what yeah. I mean? These reviews, these right. review sites, they're not signed up for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, I don't hear any younger audience saying, you know, a, a 17 through 21 year old saying, oh, you know, I read this Kirkus review for this book and that's what it's made definitely, me buy it. It's from a different generation. So, right. So it depends also on your audience. Yeah. Because are you aspiring to be promoted through a platform that is not even relevant to your audience yeah very true you know yeah and, and what carries more weight that's that's the question i always come back to is what carries more weight for my readers one blurb from kirk's reviews saying oh this is a really great book that i technically could have bought that review or my readers top 10 favorite social media influencers or bookstagrammers posting a picture of my book and this keeps showing up in their feed of all of my favorite influencers, even though you don't look at them as influencers, all of these people that I love their bookstagrams, they're all reading this book. And it doesn't even have to be all of bookstagram, obviously. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute is finding your tribe. But that carries way more weight for your audience to have this, this personal experience of these people that I follow closely, that I love what they create, I love their content, they are talking about this book. They are constantly posting about this book. And that alone is so valuable. It's so valuable that you can't buy it. Mm. You know, if you bought advertising in the same feed, it would not come across the same way. Right. Also, algorithms aren't even treating it the same. Right. Exactly. That, that which is a whole nother level yeah. you know algorithms um but a lot of people think oh pay promotion is oh um, yeah yeah that's the and, way to go right and the thing is is that um algorithms for places like instagram and facebook and even youtube i think 
not sure on YouTube, but I know Instagram and Facebook, they treat things that are advertisements completely different in how they're serving them, even things that appear to be sponsored. So it's like you're really not getting much bang for your buck anymore. Mm-hmm. Organic, um, organic content, which is automatically much cheaper content, most of the time free, has a much better reach. Yeah. It's going to actually reach the people you're trying to reach in a better, more effective way than paid content, paid promotions. And you can basically see what your target audience is actually interacting with. And I'm pretty sure Instagram still has this feature. I'm just thinking about Instagram specifically because I did a lot of organic investment in promoting on Instagram, which I'll talk about more in a minute. But on Instagram, I think you can go into a profile and see not only who the person follows, but also what are the posts that they interact with the most. Who are the people that they are liking their posts constantly. So we know what's showing up in their feed. And Instagram has this, um, even if you go into your own profile settings, it will show you posts that most often show up in your feed or accounts that most often show up in your feed, ones that least often show up in your feed. I don't know what the, the magical science behind the algorithm is, which is really hard to understand, but that alone, that's data that you can take now and say, okay, I want this person to see my book. Let's say they're an influencer that you can't even necessarily reach or contact, but you want to show up in their feed. Well, should you be advertising or should you be seeing who are they interacting with? What are the accounts that constantly show up in their feed that they're liking all their posts? Can I reach out to those people? Can I create a video of me talking about my book, offering to send them a copy? Can I possibly get that in front of them to the point where they're posting about it and now their posts are getting in front of the person that I want to see my book? Right. So it's kind of like connecting these dots. But these are all things you did with 100 Days. Yes. This is all stuff I did with 100 Days of Sunlight. And that was an investment, as I said before, which is something that I would highly, highly recommend is investing in organic promotion like this. I don't care if it's Bookstagram or Booktube or Booktalk. I don't know anything about that one, but I know that there's a book community on TikTok. And I know that all of these platforms are basically circles of the internet, is how I like to refer to them as, where you can create and generate this conversation about your work without paying any money to any algorithm. So You will have to make an investment and that investment will be your time, possibly materials if you want to send physical books, which I would recommend because physical books are always more desirable than ebooks, but ebooks do work. So definitely consider the option of ebooks if you don't have that in your room in your budget to buy physical books. But if you do have the room in your budget, I would highly recommend buying a box (laughs) of your own books and making a video. This is what I did for 100 Days of Sunlight. Film a video of yourself that you are going to send to some bookstagrammers that you have handpicked and selected for this. Telling them about your book very organically, very candidly, revealing what your book is about, why you think that they would be interested in reading it, because you are going to handpick, handpick these people based on what they read. So when I was looking for influencers who might be interested in reading 100 Days of Sunlight, I was combing through tons of bookstagram accounts. I was basically 
brushing off, pushing off the table, all of the accounts that were like clearly dark fantasy thrillers, murder mysteries. I didn't contact those people because I felt that they probably wouldn't be as interested in the, in the, the subject matter of 100 Days of Sunlight. Maybe they would because I have seen some readers who like those genres also like 100 Days, but it would be trying like to find and also their followers would be mostly people who are interested in like yes. the dark fantasy genre right so trying to find a good fit basically you can tell actually even by the color scheme usually in the <laughs> the way that bookstagrammers take pictures and you can kind of tell what they like based on just a very quick glance at their profile usually so i went through thousands of bookstagram accounts and i found a lot that I really liked that seemed like a good fit, that seemed like you seem like a person who would like my book. And I filmed this video and I sent it out to a lot of bookstagrammers. And I offered to send them a physical signed and personalized paperback copy of my book. This was in the ARC stages. So this was years ago before I even published the book or very close to the publishing month. And a lot of them, to my surprise, got back to me and said, yeah, I'd love to. And I didn't make them commit to anything in this video. That's another thing that I would like to put out there is I didn't say in exchange for a review or please do a post about this, please promote this. I didn't ask them to do any of that. I just said, I'd like to send you a book. I think you'd like it. And if it even made a cameo appearance on your bookshelf on your Instagram, I would be honored. And what ended up happening is so many of them posted like dedicated posts about 100 Days of Sunlight where it was the centerpiece basically of their flat lay or whatever their photograph was that day. And I was bowled over, obviously. I was honored and it was so exciting because I didn't even make anybody commit to that. I didn't make this deal of like, oh, I'll send you a book if you do this for me. But a lot of them read it, a lot of them loved it and a lot of them did a like featured post about it totally organic. Like I didn't ask this, which carries more weight. Yeah. Because it's like, you're just extending, you know, a kind of a gift to them instead of, Hey, I'll give you this if you do something for me. And also you have to understand, like, especially influencers who, um, like you get this all the time with your, (laughs) the following you have on YouTube of all these emails. And I even get a lot of emails now too, um, as my little community grows is yeah. like, oh, hey, would you do that? Would you mention this if we do this for you? And hey, would you do this for us if we? So they're so used to hearing that, that it becomes just background noise. Yes. Of like, yep, everyone like, wants me to really do. care. Is right. this even a person? <laughs> is this just a company trying to get me to yeah. do something for them? So when you come across and just say, hey, no strings attached. I just want to send you this. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. And it really stands out, yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. And that's another another reason why I recommend the physical books over the ebooks is because it's a physical thing that's going to show up in their mailbox. It's going to sit on their coffee table. It's going to sit in their room. They're going to basically be forced to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and they will more likely read it. Right, because it, it won't be like, oh, is that in my Kindle somewhere? Is exactly. that in my email somewhere? Exactly. So it, it is a little bit of an investment for the, the inventory and the shipping, but it's a long-term investment and I think it's unquantifiable the value that it brings. Just personally, in my experience, I have seen more results from doing this kind of promotion strategy than from advertising. Right. And that's the thing is you have to compare it to 
what the alternative is, which is hiring a marketing company to do advertising for you or doing advertising yourself through Facebook um, or YouTube or Instagram, which we're not saying that those are worthless because they're definitely valuable in their own right um, for certain things. But if that's like your one, your one avenue, you're going to spend a lot of money if you're, if you don't have any organic avenue at all. Yeah. So when you look at, oh, it's a little expensive to get all those books. Well, versus it's going to be. Versus what? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be thousands of dollars more. Yeah. To, and, to and you can't even guarantee mark, and you can't guarantee how many people will follow through right so know? if you can do something organically at a low cost and like you said you can also be very selective it's not like you're just sending out thousands of copies right. you're being very specific very strategic with how you're doing it yeah. so you're actually saving money it's going to pay for itself yes exactly because if you hired a marketing company who reaches out to people to maybe maybe post about your book it's going to be a lot more yeah. than the small amount it's going to cost you. So it's yeah. going to pay for itself. Yeah. The, the the whole world of publishing has changed so dramatically that the future is really in small personal exchanges between followers and influencers. You know, whether they're even smaller influencers, I'm not talking about people who with hundreds of thousands of followers, I'm talking about even people with just a small audience because everybody who follows them and interacts with them, they are in more of an intimate relationship with this person. They have more of a personal connection and they trust them. We trust people more than we trust big brands. And that's kind of just a universal truth. Because a brand doesn't have a face. It doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a personality. It's not something we can look in the eyes of. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's disembodied feeling. It feels disembodied. Whereas when it's a person, like you experience this with your own YouTube channel, how you've been able to actually make personal connection with your subscribers, all the people who are hanging out, watching all the amazing writers that are watching you feel like they know you and you know you're down in the comments talking with them and they actually get to see your face it's not like some disembodied voice you know for from some you know writer's company talking to them it just doesn't feel the same and that's the benefit of being able to promote your own book and create conversation about your own book is because you are the author and so nobody will be able to create hype and create conversation the same way that you can. Right. Not even the best publishing house because everyone wants to hear from the author. Everyone wants to see behind the scenes what's going on as you're writing this book, as you're publishing this book. That's why it's never too soon to start talking about it and start building hype and conversation. And even if you don't have the physical book finished yet to share, you can be sharing other things. You can be sharing what I like to think of as bonus material, okay, way ahead of time. That could be excerpts or it could just be playlists that you make based on your book. It could be aesthetic boards that you've designed based on your book. You can be sharing stuff like this on social media. Fan art. Make fan art of your own stuff. (laughs) Be your own fan. Exactly. Or if you can't do art like me, you can (laughs) find a friend, a friend who uh, supports you and maybe they would be interested in making some fan art for you. And you can also support them by sharing their art and sending people their way. So it's like this great opportunity. There's so many great opportunities to build 
conversation and community around your book, even way before it is published. So find different creative ways to do that and just try new things. It's amazing how much you can create hype and create excitement by just throwing a little something out there on social media or on your blog or your YouTube channel, whatever avenue you are sharing with people. Find little ways to create excitement around your book. So more than ever today, you have all these different social media platforms that are geared to set you up for success. Yeah. And another thing about it is organically when you are thinking about creating conversation and you want everybody to be talking about your book, right? You can actually literally (laughs) have everybody talking about your book without having everybody talking about your book. And by that, I mean finding your tribe of readers, so to speak, within these circles of the internet. (laughs) So I like to think of it as a tribe because all of your readers have something in common. And it's not just your book, it's also similar books, it's similar interests, similar tastes, similar hobbies. All what it, What is it that all of your readers have in common? Or if you could figure out and determine, create an avatar basically is how they describe it in the marketing world of your perfect customer or your perfect reader in this case. What what are their interests? What are their hobbies? What? How old are they? What do they like? What social media accounts do they follow? What other genres do they read? What other books do they love? And once you can figure out this and sort of create this character almost of your perfect reader, you can figure out where those perfect readers exist on the internet, whether what determining, you know, what social platforms they're on, whether it's Bookstagram, YouTube, um, Facebook, other platforms. Finding that tribe and then creating conversation just in that tribe is going to create this hype of everybody's talking about it. And you've experienced this as well. Right. And I've experienced it too with 100 Days of Sunlight is if you can just get a handful of influencers in this space, in this tribe to start talking about your book and sharing about your book, it creates the illusion <laughs> that the whole world is talking about this book right. because you don't see the whole world when you go on your Instagram feed. You see the people you follow. Actually, you see the people that the algorithm wants you to see, but <laughs> but they're the people that you follow, right? And you follow them because you have something in common with them. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I feel like I'm getting kind of chaotic with this explanation here, but you can create this sense of everybody's talking about this book with actually very few people talking about it. Right. (laughs) Which is kind of interesting. It's like a secret weapon to creating hype about your book. Because once I think everyone's talking about it, now I start checking it out. I read the book. I talk about it. Now my friends see me talking about it. It's this ripple effect. Right. You know? Yeah. So you don't even need that big of a platform. You don't even need to reach out to every popular bookstagrammer on Instagram and send them your book. You only need to find what are the few or the handful or 50 or 100, you know, I'd I'd recommend reaching out to more people than are going to get back to you. Like generally, there's only a certain percentage that get back to you. But finding that group of people and making that your tribe. And just focus on creating conversation in that circle, in that tribe, 
Don't focus on making everybody aware of your book because it will have a ripple effect, you know? And once this whole tribe gets talking, now another tribe hears about it and another tribe and another tribe. So it has this effect of word spreading organically. Mm -hmm. It's social proof, basically. Right, exactly. So that's another concept to keep in mind when you are creating conversation about your book. And my last tip here, which is probably the most important thing. I should have said that at the beginning. Stay to the end for the most important tip. Uh, (laughs) Is actually quite simple, but pretty hard to do sometimes for some authors, which is be the biggest fan of your own work. This is something that, this is really my secret weapon, ultimately that helped me to create a successful launch around 100 Days of Sunlight is I was so excited about the book and I was such a fan of it and such a fan of the characters that I was able to create this infectious excitement for the book. And I say that not just based on my own experience of, I I thought I was infectious. I literally got comments. I got dozens and dozens of comments just on my launch video, like my first announcement video of so many people in the Writer's Life Wednesday community telling me that they were so excited about the book, that, that my excitement was infectious, that they could literally feel what I was feeling and my own excitement for the book. And I thought that's so interesting because I mean, I wasn't even like trying to get really excited. I was just like genuinely that excited. (laughs) I was genuinely jumping out of my skin and and weeping (laughs) and crying on camera. And it was a very emotional day, but it was emotional because I had so much of my heart in it. And and you were sharing authentically. Yeah. You know, that's that's important because sometimes we can be like told from articles and whatever just stuff online that you have to present it in this clean package boxed up way like Mm -hmm. no don't do that like be be like what abby was saying like cry on camera if you if you wanna you know (laughs) what i mean like i've cried on camera talking about my books because it's let your your real raw emotions speak because that's what will make people feel something they want to they want to relate to you and feel what you feel and if you can make them feel what you feel they are rooting for you. They are there for you. They want to support you. And this is just something I've experienced. It's not even anything that I set out to do. Like I said, you know, it's just I wanted to be totally authentic. And I feel like a lot of writers even feel the need to dial back, like you said, to be more professional and, right, and like, present oh, I have to, I have to be pro- Yeah, it's, it's this <laughs> like, need to, you feel like you have to be professional. Well, what's professional? Yeah. Exactly. You know what like, I mean? We're sick of professional, honestly. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> you don't want to just be like fading into the white noise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you're excited about your book, show me your excitement. I want to be excited with you. Chances are your excitement will be infectious. And if you can, if you can just be totally yourself on camera specifically, preferably, I know not everybody likes making videos, but videos are such a great way to connect with your readers because they can see you and hear you and experience what you're going through, basically right. vicariously living through you. So it's just such a fabulous way to connect with your readers. But being a fan of your work first is what creates this contagious attitude of 
fandom. Right. <laughs> you know, no one else can be a fan until you're a fan first. So you have to bring the excitement. You have to bring the party. Okay. Yeah. The party isn't going to happen without you. You have to bring the party. You have to bring the fun, bring the excitement, bring the joy, bring the tears and the laughter. And pretty soon you'll notice that your readers are showing up. They are here to party with you. They are feeling the excitement too. They are excited for these characters. They love these characters because you first loved them. So I think that's such an important, valuable thing it is. that it's, a lot of people miss. Yeah, because it's because they're so like, focused. Oh, that's on, not a big deal, but yet it is actually yeah. should be your starting point. Yeah. It should be your launch pad. Yeah, exactly. Because if, if you don't have the excitement, then no one else will. Mm-hmm. And that's something that only you, as the author, can bring. Because you know, publishing <laughs> publishing houses aren't going to put out promotional videos of you know, the publisher screaming and flailing about your book. It's just never going to happen, ever. Even if they are excited about selling your book and making lots of money on it because they think it's a winning idea and they think that it will sell a lot of copies, they're still not going to bring the heart and soul that you will bring by delivering your authentic self. They're looking for authors who already know how to do that. Yeah, exactly. Through their own... Through their own ways and means. Yeah. So whether you're indie or whether you're traditional or hybrid, whatever path you're taking, you can bring the excitement. You can bring the hype. I've seen authors who are traditional do the same thing, use the same strategies, and it works for them. It is a winning formula because, like I said at the beginning, there's a science behind it. And the science is bringing the excitement, creating conversation, creating this mode, this this mood of everybody's talking about this book. The author is excited about this book. My friends are talking about this book. That's what creates conversation, creates hype about something. It has a ripple effect and it is unquantifiable. So don't limit yourself. Try new things. Be creative. Have fun. Explore and enjoy the journey because if you're not enjoying it, that's going to also show. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You have to enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Have fun with it. Do you have anything else to add? No, I I think you hit on every single point. I feel point. like I rambled a little I, too I, long. I feel there. like I feel like <laughs> I should be the one taking notes over here. Well, hopefully you guys took some notes. Hopefully you got some value out of this episode. I know it's a lot to unpack, and I could rant about it forever. So we're gonna shut up now. I'm gonna shut up now. Kate has has been respectfully quiet and listening to me <laughs> ramble on and on. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but hopefully Learning. you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, give us a nice rating. We always appreciate that. Or smash the like button if you're on youtube if you're not check out kate's youtube channel that's where all the podcast episodes live in video format that's youtube.com slash ka emmons and check out my channel as well i post tons of writing videos there youtube.com slash abby emmons thank you guys again thank you to our patrons for supporting this show we appreciate you guys so much if you get value out of this podcast go to patreon.com slash the kate and abby show and help us keep this show alive and free of interruptions until next week stay stoked and rock on